What's going on, everybody? We're here once again with another episode of The Push, presented by Bodyslam.net. I am one half of your co-host, Dominic Mowen, with owner and founder of Bodyslam.net, the boy himself, Cassidy Haynes. How's it going, guys? And uh, we're here today with two people who need absolutely zero introduction. They are the AEW Tag Team Champions, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood of FTR. Guys, thank you so much for joining us as well. What's up, guys? Thanks for having us on. Oh. Thanks for joining us. I mean, you guys are you guys are on top of the world right now, and uh, we're just happy to be able to get a little piece of your time while, while we have it. You guys have a bunch of interviews lined up today and, and this week, so uh, we don't want to waste any more of your time than possible. But uh, let me kick it over to, to Cass. You got anything you want to start off with? I, it's fantastic to do that. You guys got, were able to do this, man. I've been hoping to uh, sit down with you for a while. Cash, man, it's good talking to you, buddy. It's been a while, man. Yeah, man, it's been just a little bit, huh? <laughs> It has, man. This uh, this whole COVID stuff has really put a cramp in me being able to get down there and see you guys, man. You showed up right after, uh, I think, I, uh, my last show. I went to Revolution. I'd been pretty much there every month before this, and so I haven't been able to see you, man. Yeah, you got that we, uh, badass uh, punching bag back there, huh? Thanks, man. I, yeah. Part of me. Got my uh, – you recognize my shirt here? Tracer X shirt from Asheville. I'm representing <laughs> us, just, man. Okay. Yeah. Guys, is it just me, or is it ever since it came out, ever since you guys jumped on the scene from Asheville, North Carolina, every single wrestler in the world wants to be from Asheville, North Carolina now? Is it just me, or <laughs> I, I think, feel like uh, – I think it's because we've uh, we put it over so much. I mean, this place is beautiful. I wish you could see my – can you can you kind of see, I, like – Oh, my goodness. I can. My – I don't know. Off my – Trying to do the same off my porch, but I got some mountains here for us, too, man. Every, everywhere is beautiful, you know, and uh, we've got the best beer, we've got the best coffee, we've got the best food, got the best hippies, so why wouldn't you want to come? Absolutely. I second all that, man. That's why I, keep, <laughs> that's why I came back here, man. I have grew up here, so I'm right back. Uh, I went to Knoxville for a little bit, but no, nah, I came right back here. Asheville's a nice place, man. The weather's beautiful today, man. I'm outside doing this because I can't beat this right now. Yeah, it's great. I, I love the airport there, too. It's so quaint. It looks more like an oversized bus stop in Asheville <laughs> walk right in walk right to the uh to the gate yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful it's the best yeah Get compared to there. Philly <laughs> oh man it's better than Sorry. MCO too yeah I'm sure you guys probably have your fair share of, of airports that you've had to deal with over the years you could probably tell me which ones are the best they're none uh, yeah <laughs> well listen I we have a whole bunch of questions here for you but I, I would like to start from the beginning if possible and uh, you guys look like people who have been doing this for for centuries as far as how technically sound you are but uh was there ever a point in your life growing up where you didn't see yourself being pro wrestlers and maybe wanted to get into a different career uh not for me i mean i uh i don't know i've told this story before but in 2008 uh, my mom and dad both lost their jobs had nobody to help me with college and uh, i had to find three jobs to put myself through college but i had no idea what i wanted my major to be so i was stuck in college for years just trying to figure out what I wanted to do because my whole life uh, wrestling is all I ever thought about. It's all I ever dreamed of. Um, and that sounds kind of corny and I don't mean for it to sound corny, but um, you know, uh, and this is not a joke at all, even though it, you know, it can get a pop, but uh, for my whole life, I've either wanted to be a power ranger up until 93. And then I watched Bret Hart at King of the ring and I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And uh, here I am now. How about for you, Cash? Uh, no, I don't think there was ever any other, dream for me as far as like what I wanted to do when I when I grew up because I started really young just being a fan and 
I, I never had any other passions. Like it was always just wrestling. So I didn't like, I was never, I never felt like I was drawn to any other profession, any other career other than this. Like I know like the likelihood of making it is very slim. So I knew I, I needed some sort of fallback plan, but I just never really did. <laughs> I just, I, I said, you know what, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, I'll figure it out then. But until I know for sure that I'm going to fail at this, I'm not going to have a backup plan. And that's what I did. And it definitely paid off because if you're, I mean, knock on wood, but if your careers ended tomorrow, you would go down as one of the most decorated tag teams in professional wrestling. So that's, uh, <laughs> you guys clearly made the right choice, right? <laughs> but uh, now you guys, I, I think the, the general WWE audience assumes that you guys met in NXT, but you guys have known each other since way before that, correct? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we've known each other for a very long time. And we, we had this plan for years, you know. Um, we knew where we wanted to go, where we wanted to end up. I knew, uh, you know, when I found out that I was going to, you know, come to uh, FCW or NXT. Um, and we knew, you know, we were pretty certain that Cash was going to be there as well, talking to Regal and stuff. We had a plan set out that what we wanted to be was a tag team. Um, I never, not that I never had aspirations of being a single star, but, uh, even as a kid tag team wrestling, I was drawn to it for some reason. I don't know if it was the, the matching outfits or like two best friends working together or the, uh, or the elaborate, you know, uh, spots and combinations you could do. Um, but I've always been drawn to tag team wrestling and, um, I have a certain style, obviously we both do, but that's where I'm going. We, we, I have a certain style and I didn't want to just team up with anybody. I wanted to team up with someone who I considered a friend, my best friend, and someone whose intensity and whose mindset um, and whose unselfishness could, could match mine. And uh, we just got lucky and uh, jumped on board at the same time. Yeah, like, like, like you were saying, we had this plan before we even had offers. Like we, ne we didn't know for sure. Like there was nothing set in stone saying we were going to end up in WWE at any point in time. But we had this plan like, hey, if we both happen to get signed, like we need to try to pursue this as a team. And we just, for years, like there was probably two years, three years where we would talk back and forth and we didn't work for the same company at that point, but we would just kind of game plan and we'd bounce ideas off each other. And we, we always had like a similar mindset that just meshed well. So you knew it was going to be, you didn't know, but there was a pretty good feeling that it was going to work well when it finally did come to fruition. And when it did like, we, we, when we finally started clicking and getting everything going, it was like, okay, yeah, but, but there's something special here if we, if we really keep working for it. And you guys were blessed with uh, the opportunity to be able to, to get a lot of, uh, a lot of less wrestling and life lessons from, from Dusty Rhodes, uh, rest his soul. Uh, I'm sure just being able to, to be training with him must have been like sitting under the learning tree. But is there anything that sticks out as far as little tidbits, pieces of advice, whether it be in, in the ring or just in life that you were able to pick up from Dusty? Yeah. Um, for, for us, you know, he, he wanted us to be a team. I think he enjoyed the fact that we were two Carolina boys. Uh, I think he enjoyed the fact that um, we both had Southern accents and we had our style of work. And, and I also think he liked the fact that we weren't, you know, the biggest guys in the room. You're five foot ten, and you're surrounded by six foot three and six foot five guys. You're, you know, you're often overlooked figuratively and literally. Um, but he told us never leave each other's side, whether we were in promo class at the shows together or in the the performance center. Never leave each other's side. Be seen together all the time, so the people can see what I see just on the on the, the surface. 
Um, and then as far as things he taught us, he just taught us how to be conversational when we're speaking and when we're talking. Um, obviously that translates over into your promos um, and no one's ever going to be Dusty Rhodes, but he knew that uh, being able to converse and uh, being conversational with your audience and with your, uh, with your peers and, and who you're working with is what makes you money because you're on their level. Now you're not trying to cut a Well, let me tell you something, brother promo, you're talking to them, you know, and I think that helped us out a lot. Yeah. The, the craziest thing about learning from Dusty is half the time you didn't even realize you were learning until after he had already taught you, he would, he would like Mr. Miyagi you, you know, like you don't understand why he's asking you certain things or why you're doing certain things or, why he's wanting to like go a certain direction until finally you just have this realization like, Oh wow. That's why he wanted me to do it. Cause he would get you in touch with who you are as a performer and not what people thought you should be or what your perception of yourself as a wrestler was. He would find out something about you that was different and he would find a way to transition that to wrestling. So you're being more organic with yourself and you're being more real. And once like, once you would start something and you were kind of questioning it, trying to figure out why, and then slowly it would, it would click for you. Like, Oh wow. He just, he just taught me this, or he just taught me that. And before you knew it, like he had, he had changed everything you were doing to, to make it work for you. And you guys took all that knowledge and all that raw talent that you have. Um, you bet on yourselves and now you're in AEW and it, obviously it's working out swimmingly. Uh, you guys made the, made the right decision for yourselves, but now you're at the learning tree. It's Holly Blanchard. Um, so it's gotta be for, for lifelong fans like you guys, even though you guys are on top of the wrestling world right now, I'm sure there's probably gotta be moments every once in a while where do you still have those shock moments where you turn around and you're like, Oh my God, we're sitting here with, <laughs> we're sitting here with, with the four horsemen. We're sitting here with dusty roads. We're sitting here with these legends. Yeah. I mean, that's especially growing up as a, a young kid, who was as big of fans as we were like, and who looked up to these wrestlers like we, we did. And especially like you said, the four horsemen, the, the greatest and the biggest faction of all time and guys who were at the very top of the profession for a very long time. And that were second to no one, like the four of those guys, for the most part, the, the first couple of iterations, especially, I mean, they were untouchable and man, to, to now in the year 2020 to have learned from Dusty and to have talked to Rick and learn from Rick and to have Arn and Tolly there, like watching your matches and critiquing, giving these little, little tiny bits of like knowledge that nobody today understands because it's a lost art. It's, it's like a cheat code for, for wrestling because we, I mean, we've been with Tolly now for a couple of weeks, really barely two months, and the, his way of looking at certain things are ways that we have never looked at it before, even though we pride ourselves on being old school. And it's like, holy shit. Like, it just blows your mind because he, he just has this way of looking at things to, to change the perception completely to something where it's like, oh, wow. Like, that changes everything, and it makes it mean more. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty unreal. It's pretty, like, unreal. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, for me, it's shocking every single day that I, I get to wake up and realize, oh, man, I get paid 
very well to be a professional wrestler. I mean, this is, like I said earlier, this is all I've ever wanted to do, all I've ever dreamed of doing. And now um, I got to, you know, I, I get, I got to buy my, my wife and myself, our dream house. I got to, I get to be able to take care of my family through professional wrestling. So it goes beyond, you know, the end ring stuff. But then on top of that, you know, we get to work with our heroes. And, I, and sometimes I don't think they understand um, how much they mean to us and how important they are to us. Like uh, the other day I got a text from Arn. Uh, this was on Thursday after he had watched our match with um, uh, the Jurassic Express. And he said, I just watched the best team in the world put on a clinic. Awesome story. Pass the word for me. Jungle Boy got elevated. Proud of you, proud of you guys. And I said, Arn, this means the world to me. Seriously, uh, my hero is my fan. And I don't think they understand how much of an impact they had on our lives. I mean, we're, we weren't just wrestlers who, you know, or fans that, bought merch and sat in front of the TV and then turned it off and, you know, went about our day. It was, they impacted our lives every single day. Um, and so, yeah, to have our heroes be fans of ours um, and, and, and talk about us in that light, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. They literally shaped our lives from the time we were kids until now, and they're doing it even more so now. So that's wild to me. That's such a beautiful response, too, because really when it comes down to it, the only things that matter are being able to provide for your family and being able to enjoy the work you do. So the fact that you guys are being able to uh, experience both, being able to provide for your family and, and just genuinely love the work you do every day, not to mention all of your fans that love it. I mean, Cass and I were thrilled to be able to get this, but um, you both mentioned Arn Anderson in addition to Tully Blanchard, and uh, you're probably sick of getting this question from fans at this point. That we're not. Okay. So you already know it's coming, though. Is there any chance that we could see, uh, see a little team up, and whether it be with you guys and Cody or just Tully and Arn teaming up and you guys getting the benefit of both of them? Is that something we could see down the line? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we work for the same company, so there's nothing out of the realm of what's happening. You know, it's, it's obviously the four horsemen question. Everybody's asking the four horsemen question. Who's going to be, you know, the new four horsemen? Well, you ask Arn and Tully and Rick that, and they're going to tell you in every iteration of the four horsemen they tell you is with FTR. And they, they know where the talent lies. Um, and that's because we copied all of their stuff. So uh, it's kind of a flattering thing for them to be able to say us because it's, it's them and a new generation. Um, but with, with Cody, of course, we would love the team with, with Cody and Arn and, and bring back Arn and Tully. But, um, you know, right now, you know, I'm speaking for both of us. I hope that's okay. But right now, our focus is to foc our, our focus is on our legacy and what we want to do. Um, we left one company to come to another to build our legacy. We knew if we built our legacy and reached a certain pinnacle of professional wrestling, the money would follow. And it has. Um, but for now, we want it. Like I said, we want to focus on um, our relationship with Tully being the best tag team in the world um, and making tag team wrestling mean something. That was that was our driving force for coming here and leaving the other places because you felt like there was a um, you know I don't mean this as a bitterness or uh, you know a slight at the other company, but we felt like there was a glass ceiling for tag team wrestling, um, and we wanted to do more than sit and catering and, and collect a. a uh, 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 paid paycheck basically we wanted to build that legacy become the pinnacle of tag team wrestling take tag team wrestling be the main event scene and uh, then on top of that the money should follow yeah um, I mean obviously like you said there's been a lot of questions about will there be another four horsemen style group who would be in it and that's it's a lot of fun to, to think about and to, to fantasy book those types of things 
because who knows, like it's, a, it's pretty unpredictable right now where things might go. And we're not really looking that far ahead. Like, like Dax was saying, right now we, we are really focused on rewriting our story and our legacy because I, I, I don't ever want to sound bitter about WWE because they gave us so much. But like when people ask us questions about our experiences there, we're going to give you our honest answers and it's not always going to be positive. But at the end of the day, they gave us so much that we should be thankful for. And they gave us these opportunities and they gave us like a platform for us to make our name. And now like we can use that to go out and like you said, bet on ourselves. And we want to leave our legacy in the wrestling business and for it to go down as hopefully the greatest tag team to ever do this because we, we respect it that much and we love it that much. And it means that much to us. Like it's not just about the paycheck. It's not just about where you apply your trade. It's about how well you do it and the amount of pride you, you put into that. And we put a lot of pride into what we do. So maybe down the road, there'll be some other iteration of it. Who knows? But right now we want to be the absolute best tag team on the planet. We want to take the AEW tag team titles we want to put them on a pedestal that no one can touch. And we want to make it the main event. We want to make it the biggest money drawing thing for AEW. And hopefully, you know, that brings and inspires others to do the same. And, and you guys have, have mentioned it a lot. It's, it, you know, it's insane to think that in such a short amount of time, you guys have already accomplished as much as you have. And you're still so young, but you're already at that point in your career where part of the point is putting over younger teams which is wild to think you know what i mean i I consider you guys a young team and yet here you are being at the top of the mountain trying to get these other guys over but uh in AEW, where there's no shortage of tag teams do you have any any guys in the back of your mind that maybe are underrated on the national stage that you think are better than uh, the amount of uh, credibility that they're getting or or you think that they should uh, be getting more screen time well, to, to go back to what you said, uh, you know, about us be, still being a young team um, and putting over, you know, or, or getting over the younger teams, um, is that, that, that's, that goes without saying. I mean, it has, no, it has nothing to do with age, you know what I mean? Um, that, that, that's what wrestling is about. It's about getting everyone over. I mean, there's a time where you have to get over and there's a time where someone else has to get over. But when the money time comes, when the money match comes – uh, and when it's when ratings are determined and buy rates and ticket sales and things like that, you make each other, you know, and I think that got lost somewhere in translation with professional wrestlers. They thought, okay, I got to get my move in, my move in, my move in. Um, and they didn't think about, well, what can I do for this guy? Um, you know, I've said it before, Jungle Boy isn't the biggest fan of mine backstage, and that's okay. There's a lot of guys that aren't the biggest fans of mine backstage, and I can deal with that. But if you watch – uh, if you watch on Wednesday, if you watch that match from Wednesday, we were both very proud of that match because we uh, we took those guys and we made those guys. We gave them a tag team lesson, but we showed people. We made people care about them, not care about their athleticism, but care about them as individuals and it, care about them as a team. And that's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. It doesn't matter if we're 20 or if we're 50. Our job is to make everyone else, to make the fans care about everyone else so we can all thrive and make money. Um, as far as underrated teams go, uh, man, they're, you know, AEW is chock full of tag teams and we are, you know, we can't wait to, to work with them all. Um, you know, we worked with, uh, we worked with, um, 
uh, Kaz and uh, Christopher Daniels, but we still want to work with uh, the former champs, Kaz and uh, Scorpio Sky. You know, that, that's something that I, I can't wait to work with. That's someone I can't wait to work with. Um, even a team like Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss, uh, you know, if you've watched some of their matches, they're a little fast for my liking, but man, they are, they're so talented, both of them. And we could yeah. take those, we could take both of them and, and, and make them, you know, and make them stars and they could help us too. And we could help the whole uh, tag team uh, genre. But as far as underrated teams across the world, these guys right here, former NWA superstars, the Dawson brothers, they're incredible. They should be uh, on national television. Yeah, man, there's, like you said, the whole point of wrestling in general is everybody helps everybody else. It shouldn't be the selfish, I got to do this for myself. I need to get this in. I need to make sure that I'm protected. If you do it right and you're smart and you actually use your brain, at the end of the match, everybody should be elevated. Look at Bret Hart. Look at Ric Flair. Those guys spent careers making other guys look amazing, but they, they never made themselves look lesser than in the process. Ric Flair, anybody he would step in the ring against, like, and this is no slight to George South because George South is an amazing wrestler and he's taught us both so much but he would work with george south and make george south look like a credible threat when people really didn't believe that he was going to leave as the champion but he did the same with everybody he ever stepped in the ring with like it's it's beautiful the way he was able to do that and elevate his opponents because they hated him so much even though they knew his talent that they wanted the other guy to win and he he knew his he knew his place and he knew how to do it and Brett, man, every time Brett stepped in the ring, he told beautiful stories and he, he made the most out of his opponents and he built his opponents up. So if he won, he beat somebody that was a threat. And if he, if he lost, he lost to somebody that was talented. Nobody should ever leave a match looking like they were less than before they stepped into the ring. So, yeah, that's we, the rant. For that. And we, we, do that, we do that at the expense of ourselves. And we do that ex at the expense of – taking out, you know, our moves and at expense of, of, like I said, ourselves and the internet fans can say, oh, well, they don't do all the flashy stuff. They're boring. Uh, well, it's because Point. we make you care about the other guys. And we do that uh, at the expense of, uh, we do that in, you know, uh, honor of, of wrestling, basically. Yeah. Uh, we, like after the, uh, the match with Jurassic Express, we kept getting tagged and stuff saying, man, FTR is so boring, but Jurassic Express looked great. That's the point. That's what we do. We right. don't want you to, to love us for doing something cool and flashy and beautiful. We want to be the assholes that you hate, and that makes the opponents look better than they've ever looked. That's what we do better than anybody else, and that's why we're different. But, and that's essential. You need yes, that. <laughs> that's what, that should be everybody's purpose. But mm -hmm. as far as underrated tag teams, yeah, there's, there's a ton. Joey and Sonny would be very fun to work with. They're, they haven't been tagging up very long, so they got a lot of untapped potential. Um, we've had one match at private party that we really enjoyed and those guys are still young and they have so much potential in this business and they're still like, this is no slight to them, but they're still figuring things out. They're still finding out who they are and their style and how to, to balance between the, the super flashy, super innovative stuff and the story side of it. And they're, they're getting there. And when they do, they're going to be one of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, who else? No, no, and don't get it twisted. We've got underrated tag teams. We've got overrated tag teams too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I think that the guys that uh, slap their legs and super kick, they're they're not 
they're pretty evenly rated. <laughs> evenly? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the beautiful things about AEW is they don't rest on the roster that they have, and they're more than willing to bring people in from outside the roster to, to give them the exposure. And is there anybody um, – is there anybody – I know, Dax, you kind of mentioned it a little bit a little while ago, but is there anybody outside of AEW that you would love to bring in and give that spotlight to share the ring with you? Yeah, and I uh, you know, I talk to Tony Khan all the time about this and try to get things to, you know, um, to move a little faster. But, like, just today uh, there was a tweet about us and um, the Motor City Machine Guns, and we, we get those tweets all the time. But today I kind of made mention of it and, you know, spoke up about it. Uh, I would love to, to – I mean, if we're going to go down as the greatest tag team of all time, we've got to work with the greatest tag teams ever. And they're one of the greatest and we need to beat them um, to be the greatest. Uh, and then you got the North that everyone wants us to work with. Um, uh, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page. Um, you know, uh, there's a ton of teams around the world, the Dawson's uh, uh, Storm and uh, Eli Drake for the NWA tag team championships, Finn Juice and uh, IWGP, you know, uh, Tama and uh, and and his brother T. I mean, we want to work with all those guys. One one tag team that I need to throw out there is a tag team that we've interviewed recently. Uh, the Koloff Dynasty uh, being managed right now by Nikita Koloff himself. They are they've been on NWA and I know uh, Alexander Koloff. I think is still the, the WrestleMania champion. Every week on Dynamite, I'm always tweeting out put them with ftr this writes itself and uh, personally i would just love to, to see that happen i don't know if there are anybody that's caught your radar yet but uh yeah i've heard of them and they've, they've got nikita in their corner but uh nikita is a shell of his former self he don't want to get in anything with with us and Tully, even Tully at 65 years old Tully will Tully will uh handle nikita easy <laughs> yeah a, he, he doesn't look like anybody i want to mess with at any age no <laughs> but okay so so Pretty much any and all, as far as you guys are concerned, it sounds like there's nobody that you want to want to shy away from. Um, we build our legacy on to make money with. Now, one thing, and I, I don't want to, I don't want this the question to sound like I'm asking you guys to badmouth anything that you've done in the past or anywhere you've been, but as far as the creative process in AEW with where you're at right now, um, how much freedom do you guys get to kind of call your shots as far as what you want to do on TV, who you want to uh, share the ring with as opponents? Um, so I don't, like to, I don't like to break down the fourth wall too much. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I want to leave a little bit of mystery and intrigue there. But uh, for me, at least, uh, you know, I'll let uh, Cash speak for himself. But for me, I'll just tell you that I am uh, thoroughly creatively fulfilled in AEW. Yeah, uh, that's that's all you really need to say is that it's it's very rewarding. Um, it's I'm very happy doing what we do now and how we do it and the whole creative process. So, I mean, I don't think anything much more needs to be said than that. One thing that I had as far as a question for you guys specifically, I don't know why I haven't asked it to anybody else yet, but if you were able to take four icons from the wrestling industry, either dead or alive, and put them at your dinner table for a night, who would you guys pick? Oh, my God. Uh, doesn't have to be your Mount Rushmore or any of that. Just personally, who would you want to have a conversation with? Yeah. Um, man. This is one of the questions you should have emailed me. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I can ask you some more. We can circle no, no, back no. to it if you want. No. Um, I would say, uh, obviously, Bret Hart. Um, he's my favorite of all time. He changed my life. Not, my, not even my career, but my, my complete life. 
Um, so Bret Hart would be the first choice I would have. Um, I would like to sit and talk with uh, probably Harley Race um, because that generation, he changed the st- I mean, if you look at the style of wrestling before Harley Race and the style of wrestling after Harley Race, it completely changed. Mm. Uh, he brought that, uh, not that obviously he wasn't doing, you know, flips and stuff like that and dives, but he, he brought in uh, high spots and made him more of a commonplace. Um, you know, his matches always started out with, with some sort of high spot to hook the audience and then he'd slow it down. But he knew how to wrestle. He knew how to run a high spot. He knew how to fight. Um, and he, he knew how to grind you down. So Brett Harley, um, God, I don't know, Cash, if you know anybody else, go ahead. Um, I would throw in maybe Eddie Guerrero and Terry Funk, something, something like that. It's just, man, there's so many people to choose from. I'd have, I'd have to have an entire restaurant. <laughs> I don't know if I could do, do just four. You guys are pretty much located in one spot right now with the shutdown and everything that's going on with COVID. So all of your tapings and all of that's pretty much exclusively out of Jacksonville now. But uh, when everything opens back up and you get back on a touring schedule, are there any towns that you guys are especially excited to be able to to get back to and travel to? A lot of them. uh, Chicago is always a very fun one. Milwaukee is always like a very underrated wrestling city for me. Like I enjoy that place a lot and the crowds have always been a lot of fun. Um, New York, Dallas, those types of things. There's just Toronto, all the places that we've been before that the crowds have just been overwhelmingly positive. Like those are the ones that I miss. Yeah. For me, it just, uh, I don't know towns so much. Uh, my sense of direction is not great, but I do remember places that have great coffee and great weather. So Seattle, um, uh, I would love to go to Austin, go back to Austin, uh, San Jose, California, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, yeah, and obviously Tokyo, Japan. I was going to ask you if there's any places you guys don't want to ever have to go back to, but probably don't want to bury any specific, any whole towns, right? So, I'll I'm bury them all. Yeah. <laughs> what about when you guys are, I mean, you guys seem like people who dedicate your entire lives to your craft, but, and your families, obviously, you both have your own families as well. So your time is probably limited, but uh, if you have any, any time to dedicate to yourselves outside of your career and your family, do you have any outside interests beyond wrestling? Nope. it's probably Um, how you got where you're at right unfortunately yeah i want to say unfortunately when i'm home back in Asheville, i I really like going like hiking just going outdoors and just seeing all the different places because it's such a beautiful city um when i'm in orlando not so much i don't do a whole lot uh i'll work out i'll lay by the pool and that's about it really (laughs) Maybe maybe next year, since I don't think they're having it this year, but we can get uh, Dax to join us at the Bigfoot Festival in Marion, man. Cause yeah, they canceled it this year. But they canceled it, man. We had a good one like two year. years ago. We, we we tried to hunt Bigfoot. I think we just sat at the at the brewery, though. But still, I mean, that's just, it's about the same thing. Yeah, he wasn't in the bottle of any of the glasses, but we, we looked. Now, I had a buddy in school who actually was obsessed with Bigfoot, and he swears that there's not a specific Bigfoot. It's like a secret – breed of not quite human not quite but it's like a secret species that stays and there's more than one out there so if you guys are serious you'll have to come down to the festival i'll come down (laughs) yeah you'll have to come down man they made it they're like uh i think it's the official animal now of like the town so they have a festival 
it is the official animal of Mary in North Carolina, baby. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, uh, I know we only have a few more minutes with you. Uh, your time is precious. Uh, I do have a few more questions, but Cass, if you have anything yeah, specific. I was, uh, I, I used to make the trip down to watch you guys at Full Sail all the time, do the NXT stuff there, do the takeovers and the TV tapings the day after. And I always wondered the mechanics. I loved it when you guys debuted as the mechanics. Who, who came up with that name? And uh, what, why did it get repackaged? Like, what happened there? Honestly, Dax might know this more so than I do, but I, I don't think anybody ever – I think Billy Gunn might have thrown it out there at one point just because he said, you guys are such good in-ring mechanics and – Maybe it stuck from that. That's one of the only memories I really have of it. But I think the issue with the name was just getting it copyrighted. Like, obviously, there was something – I don't know if it was the movie, The Mechanics, or, or The Mechanic or something like that, but there was issues there where they couldn't get it through legal. And so – Honestly, I don't, think they, I don't think they liked the, the, the connotation – well, I don't think Hunter, which I'm 100% in agreement with, I don't think he liked the connotation that came along with mechanics because when someone says, oh, you're a good mechanic – uh, basically saying you're a good hand and, you know, you make everyone else look good. Um, and so I don't think he liked the connotation that came with mechanics, so we kept thinking. And then one day we were talking with uh, Sami Zayn and somehow we started talking about, maybe he was on the radio, uh, um, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival came on. And um, he, Sammy said something like, oh, you guys should be something like the something, something tag team revival. And I was like, oh, we started thinking, oh, that's cool. Just the revival. And that's kind of how that came along. So I'm very, very glad that the mechanics didn't stick. Yeah, I was never really a fan of that name anyway. So yeah. I'm glad that the revival was something we got to come up with. And like, we were able to put a lot of thought into it before we decided on it. But the mechanics was there for at least one show. Yeah, I was at that one then. Uh, if there was only one show, I happened to be at that then. Cause yeah. I remember those days, or that one day maybe. I don't know. I think it was, it was like just dark. one. Maybe a dark oh. match or two, and then some some live events. We were called the Mechanics, but yeah, that was about it. We did one TV match against Bull and Mojo as the Mechanics. Our first NXT TV match. I have uh, I have one question that is solely. I always have to have one food based question on every interview. <laughs> And you guys, you guys are both from the Carolinas, but you've been all over the world. Is the best barbecue really in the Carolinas? And yeah. is the Carolina style really the best pulled pork? So yes. are, you from, are you from New York? He's Philly, man. I'm, I'm from Philly. Why do I give that New York accent? No, no, no. Just because, uh, just because an interviewer asked Brody. something like this, you know, recently. And apparently they had just interviewed Brody Lee. And Brody Lee said the best barbecue was in New York. Anyway, that – uh, that doesn't compute to me at all. Uh, but yeah, the best barbecue is in is North Carolina. There's two different there's two different types of barbecue. There's an Eastern right. and a Western type of oh. North Carolina. One's vinegar based and one is uh, barbecue based, and they're both okay. incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm a barbecue based guy. Are you? Yeah, yeah I'm I'm uh, Western, so I, I don't like the vinegar. That's down east, man. I like the yeah. Beer. That's the, so east is where I was where I grew up. I grew up yeah. at the beach, and that was the okay. vinegar style. Mm -hmm. uh, the the Western is the barbecue based, and they're both the same. I mean, not the same. They're both uh, equal to me. It just depends on my taste of the day. Yeah, what there's, you there's a for? there's a place in Asheville called Twelve Bones that has ridiculously good barbecue. If you're ever around that area, go check it out. I, I feel like I've heard of that place, either maybe from Cass or while I was down in that area myself, maybe somebody told Obama me. Obama always stopped in on his business. Yeah. And they would be lined up out the door. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a presidential stop every time when he was in town, too. So. Yeah. 
I have just one more question. And then Cass, if you have any other questions, it's all you, baby. But um, guys, your, your career is you still have so much left to do before it's all said and done. Um, but if you were to look back on your career as it stands right now, would you be able to say that you have one iconic rivalry or um, or uh, set of matches with another team that, that stands out to you as maybe uh, retrospectively your favorite or the ones that, that set the bar for, for your career? Or is it too hard to tell this early in your career? Um, so uh, a set of matches. I mean, we had, we had a, a trilogy of matches with DIY and uh, American Alpha. With American Alpha, to me, uh, this is no slight to the DIY, but with American Alpha, the matches were just on a different level. And patting myself on the back, both of, our, both of us on the back, uh, and I'll do it with pleasure. If you look at tag team wrestling on the mainstream scale from uh, before 2016, uh, it was two guys coming in. They were doing their individual moves, tagging out. The other guy does his individual moves, tagging out. Oh, here's the hot tag and all this stuff. <laughs> if you watch from 2016 and beyond, tag team wrestling changed a little bit. People started uh, utilizing the, uh, the blind tags more. People started utilizing the, the, the heat more than just a, a, a time to get your moves in. They, they utilized the heat to build the baby faces. Um, so I feel like after those matches, um, the course of tag team wrestling on the mainstream level changed. So my favorite matches are with DIY, but I think ultimately um, the, the, uh, the angle and the program that we had with DIY, uh, it outshines the, the alphas. Um, and that's, that's our legacy in the past. But AEW is a whole new chapter in a, you know, in a big, long book. And um, I think that our biggest rival and our biggest matches and our best matches are to come. Yeah, as of now, I would say American Alpha, just because that trilogy was one that really changed the traje trajectory for our careers. Um, when we first won NXT Tag Team titles, everybody just assumed that we were tr transitional champs, that we were just kind of there just to fill a role to get them onto Enzo and Cass. And by the end of the, the trilogy with American Alpha, we, I feel like we had solidified ourselves and we had gotten into that conversation as the best tag team in the world that we weren't in before. So I think that one, like I said, it changed everything for us, starting with Dallas at the takeover where we lost the titles to them to where we won them back. And then to the two out of three falls where we, retain them before American Alpha went up to the main roster. I think it was, it was just so – the way they pushed us in the ring and the way they challenged us and vice versa, I don't think I've ever – as of yet, I've never felt anything like that. That's uh, that's all for me. I know that we're, we're running short on time now, and we gotta we got to wrap it up. Cass, do you have anything else for, for the champs while we got them here? Uh, yeah, man. You guys – Somebody mentioned Tokyo earlier, and I know that uh, AEW has allowed guys to work with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Is that something you guys are hoping to have happen here soon once the, everything opens back up and you guys can maybe travel to Japan? Um, you know, we signed the deals with AEW that kind of limits a lot of what we're able to do right now, but who knows down the road? Like, obviously, Japan is pretty high on our list of places that we want to we wanna go. Because I feel like anybody who's worth their salt in wrestling at some point has performed in Japan at the highest levels. And so 
if we're trying to write our own legacy and rewrite our story, then that's definitely going to be part of the chapters. That's it for me, man. That's all I got. Dom, you got anything else? No, no. I know you guys are, have a set, like a locked in schedule today, so we don't want to go over our time and, and take time away from somebody else that, that has some questions for you. But guys, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Uh, this has been uh, something that we've been looking forward to and that we'll remember for a long time just being able to get this with you guys. So, so thank you so much and, and uh, God bless both of you. And, and uh, we're really looking forward to, to watching you guys' uh, career play out. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you guys for having us on. Like I said, it was a lot of fun and good to see you, Cass. It's been a while. So. Good to see you, buddy, man. I'll talk to you soon. Man. I'll shoot you a message later. We'll, we'll catch up a little bit more, man. Dax, Dax, if your daughter's still there, if she wants to come on and say hi, she's more than welcome. If not, that's fine, too. Uh, we, we bought her a brand-new kitten yesterday. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> taking care of the kitten right now. Oh, uh, okay. Next time. We'll get her on an exclusive next time. <laughs> All right. All right, Thanks, thank guys. guys. Appreciate it. See you guys. Have a good one. Thank you so much.